I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, April 9, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So let's give the broad brush view of what we have on the board today. We had a down day. Do we need to read anything more into it than a down day just yet? We'll get to that in a few moments, and we're going to look at both sides of the equation right now. We're still inside the red zone. The red zone is above 287, somewhere likely below 290, maybe even as high as 291, 292. So we're in the red zone. What's interesting is we dipped down below but recovered to get back into the red zone. Remember a couple of things. Yesterday we discussed the fact that, at least in my view, not being able to fill the gap earlier in the day and heading upward or in the northern direction was a positive or bullish sign. Of course, the market turns around and goes down the other day today. That's garden variety market behavior. I say one thing, it does the other. That's okay, not my first rodeo. What did they do today? They went down and filled the gap, and then they actually recovered and closed back inside on the north side of the 287 price tag. I think that's interesting. And guess what? That's a puzzle piece, and it's on the table. Here's an intraday 10-minute chart. Let's take a look at what happened. So we had the gap down. Here's where the market closed yesterday. Here's where the market opened today. So the opening print happened to be 287.72. In the first 10-minute candle of the day, we immediately went down to test, what? 287, another important number. Now, whether it's 10 or 20 cents on either side of that, that's really irrelevant. 287 is important. Guess what? The low in that candle is 286.99. We rallied away from it and did what? Came back all the way to test once again 287, filled the gap down below, Now, here's a couple of things. Get inside my mind for a minute. Understand it's a little bit dangerous in there, but here's the deal. So we come down to test 287, rally away from it, come back to test 287 at the end of the day, spike through it a few times, rally to close above it. How are we looking at that? So there's a couple of different things going on. So let me explain. A.K.A. Let me explain, Lucy. If you're as old as I am or older, you'll know that comes from one of the best all-time shows, I Love Lucy. If you're one of the young guns, you probably have no idea and obviously could have potentially been offended by what I just said, but there was no offense. It was highway robbery of a line that was used every single night in that show. So there's good news Not so good news, but then we're going to expand our horizons a little bit. Let me explain. Here's the deal. So we come down to 287 and rally away from it. That's a positive. That means that that was a test of 287 and we were likely rallying away from it. And at least initially when we closed above the opening range candle and the opening range candle is more known to traders as the first 30 minutes of the trading session 
But this was noted for traders that get inside the numbers and get the updates around midday. So closing above the opening range high was a positive, but we failed and we came back to 287. That's a negative. Not being able to stay away from on the north side of 287 is a negative. However, there's a couple of other things going on, so let me talk out of both sides of my mouth for a second. Coming back to spike it, and then close back above it at the end of the day. That's also in the positive camp, even though we're down close to and around 287. But the fact that they had to get above that by the end of the day, at least in my opinion, and this is just an opinion, there's no facts here whatsoever, there's no book that's going to explain from a technical perspective what I'm about to say, but the fact to me that they closed back and had to run back above 287, that's a positive. That tells me that they want to stay in the hot zone, and it tells me more likely than not they're not finished on the upside yet. Now, the upside. We were talking about the big fat round number of 2900 in the S&P E-mini futures contract. We hit 2900 in the overnight session. They snuck it in while nobody was looking last night. However, is that all they have? It's unlikely. It's 100% possible. But in my opinion, just an opinion, it's unlikely they're finished on the upside just yet. Remember, it's hard to kill a bull. This was a down day, but it doesn't affect the overall trend when you look at the daily chart. It's just a down day. So let's not get over our skis on this one. Let's look at what the market is for what it is, and we'll take it from there. So speaking of taking it from there, let's see what else we have. Let's look at the chart from a number of different perspectives. What do we have on the hourly chart? Looks different than the intraday short-term 10-minute chart. The hourly chart looks like the market made a high it pulled back to test or retest the 287 level it happens to also coincide with the 50 period moving average we spiked through the 50 period moving average and bounced off that level that's the way i'm looking at the hourly chart can anybody see it differently not really i can add something in the middle we came down early in the day we went sideways for a while and then completed the job into the 50-period moving average. But other than that, I don't really see a lot more on the hourly chart. What if we loosen the belt one more notch? We're on a 120-minute chart. What do we have here? Well, we have a different kind of picture. We have a market that dropped. We had a gap lower, and all we did, as far as the 120-minute chart is concerned, was basically drop and go sideways, bantering back and forth around 287 all day long. That's it. That's how you look at the bigger picture. That's how you take the longer view. Longer than the hourly chart, we're on a two-hour chart. That's what I see. That's what my eye was drawn to, in addition to being below the 20-period moving average on this chart. So I don't really see a lot of positives on this chart. Or do I? Well, there's a couple of other things going on in this chart. So let's broaden the horizons a little bit and let's take a look at it from this perspective. Not necessarily the first thing I see, but it's certainly something I see. So the 120-minute chart puts in a high and here we are at the close on Tuesday. Now this one is teed up for traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. 
What's coming next from a time perspective may be important. I can also couple that with the fact that we went up, we tried to break out, right? We tried to break out and we came back. But really all we've done is we've gone up and we've gone sideways with an attempt at a breakout, but we haven't broken down. I wouldn't call this a failed breakout by any means just yet. All we've done is made an attempt to break out, but we've also come back down to the area that we broke up to. So it's debatable. Where did we break up to? Do I count the initial breakup to here? Do I count the next one? We came back to test a breakout general area. I'm not trying to get specific to the penny in this conversation. I'm trying to get you to look at the market from a variety of different perspectives. Don't just read the news we want to read. Don't have media bias. Don't have chart bias. Don't fall prey to the bias boogeyman. How about we loosen the belt one more notch? The 240-minute chart. What do we have? All we have is a market that's bantering back and forth in an uptrend above the moving averages. Nothing has changed. Now we go back to where we started from, back to the daily chart. After looking at the daily and then the 10-minute all the way back up, is there anything really technically wrong with this market? No, it's still in an uptrend. Today was a down day. What's the bogey on the downside? Where does this really turn a lot worse for the bulls, better for the bears? Well, we're at a pretty interesting area right here. I would say that if we began closing hourly below 287 tomorrow, for example, on Wednesday, then I would look for a test of, and the low here would be 284.40. So that would be the low where we gapped up on April Fool's Day. So the gap higher on April Fool's Day, that low under normal market conditions, garden variety market behavior would act as intraday support at a minimum. Now there is space in between current price and where we just discussed. However, if we're in another day where the market is trending downward, that would be the next target on the downside, the next target of major support from an intraday perspective. Closing hourly below that area, and you know what's next. Here's the 20-period moving average. There's a gap. There's stuff in between, and that would be provided for the Inside the Numbers members. What about the bogey on the upside? Well, we're in the bogey on the upside. We're still in an uptrend, so the market can take off at any point in time and go and bust through or spike through the big fat round number of 2,900 and go to some of the targets we've been discussing. 290 in the SPY, all the way up to filling the gap at 291.72. Anything more than that, we'll discuss it if in fact that begins to take place. But that's what we've got in front of us. That's what's on the plate right now. Now, let's take a detour for a second, and I want to bring up something to you all that somebody brought up to me I thought was a pretty good catch or may turn out to be a pretty good catch. One of the members, one of the very good students, we'll call him IBM for short, Something in his email references IBM. I'm not sure what it is, but it's important to him. So for the purposes of this, this is from IBM. Now, 
Apple looks like it had a tail candle on the daily chart. That's fine. We can trade against the tail candle, meaning a trader can take a short position in Apple against the high. What does that mean? That means that if we closed any day above today's high, then the trade is not working. It's a busted pattern. Therefore, we have to get out of the trade because it can go higher and we don't want to have that position going against us knowing that we could lose small and fast if we have to lose at all. For example, today's high in Apple happens to be 202.85. We'll round it up to 203. It's three and a half dollars from where we are now. On a percentage basis, that would be losing small and fast. Now, we have to realize something. Apple is in an uptrend. There's nothing wrong with this chart whatsoever. In fact, we no longer need this. We didn't close above 193.50, and then we did close above 193.50. But is today meaningful? Well, it may or may not be, but here's what I want to point out. There's a method to the madness. We're going to look at the chart within the chart. So the daily chart is in an uptrend. Now, that doesn't mean that Apple can't come back to retest the moving averages, which are converging. For example, the 20 and the 200 period moving averages are converging. We also happen to be a little bit far away from home base, which is also known as the 20 period moving average or vice versa. So that's interesting. What else do we have? We have a different time frame, one that most traders, most people, A, don't know exists, B, have never looked at, and C, let's keep it that way. So here in Apple, here's a 240-minute chart, and here's what was pointed out to me. I thought it was a nice catch. It's the same high of the day. It's the similar or same tail candle at the end of the day in Apple, but here's a 240-minute chart where this potential pattern was developing before the close of the day, just something else to look at. A trader may or may not have been able to or wanted to take advantage of a situation like this, but think about it this way. There are plenty of times when a candle like this may develop earlier in the day, noticeable on a different time frame that nobody's paying attention to. By the end of the day, that stock has moved far away, whether it's on the upside or the downside, from that signal. And where are these signals found? They're found in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. And by the way, this is one of many signals. And just on this chart alone, notwithstanding this signal, there's another one also found in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. So in a case like this, you can actually have your apple and eat it too. Apple's in an uptrend, that doesn't mean it can't come back down to retest some important numbers. Told you to put on a hard hat. There are times where it really doesn't hurt to watch these videos with a scotch. Alright, we're back from the detour, let's get back in our lane. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Terrible day for IWM. Leading market indicator. In fact, my favorite market leading indicator. Whether it's on the upside or the downside, we've been discussing this day in and day out. We've failed to break out to new recent highs. We failed to get this chart to look like, not we failed, but they failed, to get this chart to look like the SPY. Let's make sure that we keep our eye on the ball. 
what are we looking at? If the market spikes up and the IWM comes up to this area and can't break through and the SPY puts in some kind of signal of a trend change around the same time or the IWM doesn't even get to that price zone, we end up making lower highs. That's negative for the overall market. Keep in mind, these things are puzzle pieces. The puzzle gets assembled one piece at a time. Sometimes it takes several days, several weeks for the puzzle to get assembled. But guess what? When you have the assembly done, there are times when you have one hell of a picture on your hands that provides one hell of a return. Kind of like having a Rembrandt. That conversation, putting the puzzle together, assembling it piece by piece, that comes with and goes along with the conversation from yesterday around patience. It's not easy. I get that. But it has to be. It just is. So all in all, really no change in the IWM other than the fact that it was down more than everything else today. So we take notice of that. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. We're not tremendously surprised. We've been talking about these lower highs. This trend line isn't an absolute connecting the dots, if you will. However, just to give a conceptual view of lower highs, that's what's going on here. If we break through, that's a different story, different book, different conversation. All of a sudden, the VIX wakes up. Yesterday, we're talking about the VIX being negative in a downtrend below all the moving averages. And just like that, wake up little Susie, we're headed toward the 50-period moving average. We'll see. Obviously, this is going to trade hand-in-hand, but in opposite directions as the stock market. Checking in over in the transportation department, what do we have? What we have is... A market that went past this double top area and basically is just bantering back and forth. It was a down day, yes. The transports were down 100 points, yes. Put it in perspective, they were up 700 over the last couple of weeks. We're above all the moving averages. There's nothing technically wrong with this chart. It was a down day. Could it get a lot worse? Yeah, it could. Go back and revert to everything we discussed already and just put everything in perspective. So far, it's a down day. If it develops into more, and when it develops into more, whenever that may be, there'll be plenty. There'll be plenty of meat on the bone. How about the tech guys over in Silicon Valley? Anything going on here? Was it a big down day? No. The Qs were down 78 cents, less than one half of 1%. They're in an uptrend. There's nothing more here, nothing less. I guess the saying goes, nothing to see here, move it along. How about down in the financial district? Anything to see here? Yeah, and I think there is something to see here. There's something similar to see here that we see in the IWM. It's a broken record. We keep discussing it. But the reason we keep discussing it is because it's important. If we can't break out to new recent highs in the XLF, It will be hard to see the rest of the markets across the globe rallying, and it will be hard to see the S&P 500, the Dow, and the Qs continuing on the run. They need the XLF or the financial district to participate. The SMH, we're not going to make a federal case out of this one either, down 1%, but look where we were just a week and a half ago. So based on that, it's very difficult to make a case that 
things are turning around in the SMH. This is in a very, very obvious uptrend until it's not. Now, the other side of that is there's a lot of space even between where the 20-period moving average is now and price. It's not a lot in percentage terms, but from a trader perspective, it's a lot. It's a few points. So think about that. The SMH can come down, let's just say, three or four points and still firmly remain in this uptrend. So I want you to just realize that and put it in perspective. Short term, sure, we can continue to have a little bit of a corrective phase in the market. And yes, it can turn into something more. But we can also have another day or two of a corrective phase turn around and go right back up the other way. We have to be aware of both sides of the market at all times. How about crude oil? Crude oil seems to be struggling with 64.50. Hmm. We'll just leave it on that. We can certainly go higher in crude oil. I don't want to give anybody the impression that 64.50, while an important number, has to be the end of the rally. This is another chart that's firmly in an uptrend. No reason it has to come down. Nothing broken on this chart certainly can have higher prices coming in crude oil. But 64.50 should have been and was an important number. We're going to wrap it there tonight. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.